I get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. Done bun. Darkly grilled bun. Two patties. I see pickles underneath there. Some very thin cut fries with a Cajun seasoning. You think it's Cajun? Yeah. Maybe? It looks like a very delicious lunch you have there, ma'am. You're not going to eat anything? Well, I am going to eat something. I wasn't going to, but I can't believe you eat it all. No. God forbid. All right, so Tony is a party. You bought Palmer's Bar from Lisa Hammer after her husband I'm photoing my burger as we're talking because I can't, like, you know, not. Yeah. But so, so, I'll talk about that girl being young. Yeah. It's really light and fresh, which doesn't seem like it would be possible for a pierogi, but it's because it's got a little frisé on the top and the sauce is really light. I could eat more of these pierogies with my meat. They're not. Like, when you get pierogies, like, at the Polish-American Festival and stuff like that, they're very kind of, like, heavy and thick. And this this dough is just beautifully thin and light and crispy almost on the outside, but soft on the inside. That is a 
That is an achievement. The frisé too has like a lemonade made of bread, which is really bright. Yeah, this is a good little Um, yeah. right? Well, you're photographing your food. Yeah, sorry, I'm doing that for no, work. Okay. So dining out for life is coming up. Yeah. And when you dine out for life, the money goes back to the alignment project. Yep. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, all right, yum. That was good. You're gonna hold back, huh? Those were um, very. What's the word? I was I was gonna say better than I thought they would be, but that made it sound like they were gonna be bad. They're just really good. Oh my god, I'm excited for this burger. Yeah, it has like two layers of molten white cheese. It kind of looks like a parlor burger a little bit, just in its presentation. That's not just cheese, that's sauce. Saucy cheese. No, it's like like mayonnaise mustard. Okay, alright. Because it looks like it's just white cheese. Um, it is record day. Can you like give me your like three influential records in your life? I just took a giant bag of burger. I'll give you mine while you're thinking. Alright. Okay. Probably the most influential record for me was Prince Dirty Mind. Now, Controversy was the first record that I bought, but when I got Dirty Mind, which came out actually before, I just remembered feeling like, oh my God, there is this whole funk scene that happened in, there's a song on the record called Uptown. Mm -hmm. It was all like this record that was in this place of the Twin Cities where I lived, where all this funky magic was happening. And I was just like, wow, I don't know who these people are. Like, I don't see these people, but these people live in my town. Yeah. Like, there's funky magic happening here, and I just need to figure out where that funky magic is and who these people are. Did you really feel that way? Oh, yeah. And it was dirty. Yeah. It was it like... Was dirty. It was dirty. It was salacious. It was sexy. It was like... I was in eighth grade. Yeah. And just like, okay, or ninth grade. Like, these people are my people. I just need to find my people. Because wow. I was kind of artsy. Yeah. In the day. Well, I mean, Not it was so edgy. Fun. I mean, it started because yeah. it obviously evolved into mass appeal, but I mean, it was underground. It wasn't mainstream. So that was a great record for me. The other one, and I think this is because it reminds me of my sister who was killed in a car crash. She was 18 when she was killed, and I was 12. And it was 1979, and that record, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, yeah. will forever remind me of my sister. Sometimes when I hear the opening beats of a song, I can get feeling teary, because yep. we had it on 8-track. And I remember my sister, she was kind of, she was going to Uncle Sam's and going to the disco. She had floppy hats, overalls, waffle weave, long sleeve shirts, yeah. gauzy skirts, espadrilles. Like, she was... That was her vibe. Yeah. She, she was, was totally a white witch. Yeah. And yeah. just like her turning me on to that Fleetwood Mac record just reminds me of her. So that's my second one. Okay. And, that, and that's still always. And then my third one yeah. is a weird one. It's REO Speedwagon. And it's the one, I don't even know the name of the record. It's the one that has the, um, 
theater on the front. And I think it was like their big record. And I painted that picture of the theater on the front of the record for a school project. So I stared at it for like ever. Yeah. And it was a masterpiece. Wow. So those are three seminal records. All right. You want to buy this? Yeah. Okay. I guess for me, I would say that the top would be, well, the Go-Go's. Oh. Yeah. The Go-Go's, yeah, the Go-Go's were like, for me, really important, and I actually have hunted, you know, now that, now that the kid is into vinyl and all his friends are, and we kind of, we do record store day usually, which is sad because he's not here this year, um, there's McGuire, um, so we, uh, we basically, uh, found a, we found a copy of the Go-Go's Live in Palisades Park, I think. And it is, you guys, the original Go-Go's, before they were mainstream, were punk. Yeah. They were a female punk band. And then, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, and they were so, they were so crazy and awesome. And just like full of like, you know, great, I don't know, just like great vibes and yeah. a little bit of anger and a little bit of a, kind of an FU thing yep. that people think of now like we got the beat or like kids in America is all pop. They were hard ass bitches. I like it. And I love that album. So that was one. Um, I would say that the police, Synchronicity, also. Oh, yeah. I played that one ad nauseum to a point where I was sort of like, that's crazy, you know? And you're like a couple years younger than me. I am, because you're saying Aria Speedback, and I was definitely, I mean, I graduated high school 89, so when you're saying you were like 8th grade, I was probably 4th grade. But That's like, a huge difference. Yeah, and your records are like my high school record. Right. That's, so when you're saying these, I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I think Synchronicity was the first CD I actually bought. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, probably, right? I don't know, but I had that on record, too, so... I took my graduation money, I had, like, $800, and I bought one of those obscene, like, decks with the record player, the CD player, the five-changing spinner, the speakers in a, like, case with the glass door. That's what I spent my graduation money on. Wow. Wow. And Synchronicity was one of the first CDs. Yeah. Oh, my God, right? Yeah. And then... I mean, I would say that I had Michael Jackson's Thriller, and that was sort of a big one. I remember, like, being excited to actually go buy that on vinyl, but I really did move into tapes really quickly, and a lot of that was because then I could make mixtapes. I made mixtapes the best. Like, you would not believe. I wish you could make me a mixtape right now. Do you think that'll come back? Well, it is. Did you know that they're selling cassettes now at Target? Like, a lot of the people, a lot of the albums are being released on cassette. But the funny part is, is nobody owns cassette players. Like, record players, you can still find. Yeah. And, and like, DJs still always use them. But this is, like, literally finding um, finding it. Finding a cassette player is a lot harder. Although, let me recommend something for you. Goodwill. Yeah, there are. we have gotten boom boxes at Goodwill, and we have just a ton of them. So I had a boom box that took 12D batteries just to that. carry it around. Yeah. And I would, like, carry it around to the trampoline. Oh, my God. Yeah. Carrying that thing. My sister will be laughing if she's listening right now. Mark my words. It will be, it'll be a thing. Like, the cassettes will come back, and mixtapes will come back, and it'll be a thing. I like the idea of being able to make a mixtape for someone, because it was, like, your personal stamp. 
it was your songs that you wanted them to hear. You but mixed people, it in the way that you wanted. But people make playlists now. Like it's the same thing. Yeah, on Spotify. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they make a playlist for someone and then that's their thing. But it's a little, I don't know, something about the art. I used to draw on my cassette tapes and like write them out and make little funky notes and I would title them. Like my favorite mixtape ever was called Helmet Head Takes Taco Bell. And it was because my college roommate, Didi, wore a motorcycle helmet as we went to Taco Bell, and she was so drunk, and it was hysterical. <laughs> so it was Helmet Head Takes Taco Bell, and that was, like, the best mixtape ever. It sounds like a Flaming Lips it. song. I know. Well, that does. It totally does. I love it. So, yeah, so there's music. I mean, not so much about food, but it's music. But let's talk for a second about the Surly Hamburger. Did we talk? I, we already did. No, talk about it. Just that it's it's really good and it's different. Like when they first started here, it was a little bit more of um, a thick burger. Yeah, and it was like a Big Mac kind of an idea. Yeah. This one has got a lot of. I like the onions on it. I like. I hate sweet pickles, but it works on this one. I just want everyone to stop with their sweet pickles, by the way. Okay, why do you hate sweet pickles? Because I hate them too. But. You seem like you would like them. Um, Why do you have to put sugar in pickles? Is it because you're trying to cut the acid? No, it's just a flavor profile. It's just a choice, I think. But that's like on the Revival Burger. Everyone loves this. I just don't want sweet pickles on there. I want want that tangy bite to cut through the cheese. Also, I just don't prefer them. I think it's a lot because I just don't like sweet foods that are also that are like hot and sweet. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Sweet pickles are not my favorite. I will say that. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. All right. So I'm going to eat another little hork of your burger. Okay. So we talked about records. You're not getting, you're getting like no meat in there. I'm getting that delicious bun though. Oh, you are okay. on the bun? Okay. Buttery bun. Is it right? Oh, I don't know if you can hear Elvis Costello. But he was in my early pile of records, too. Yeah. There goes the brewer for Surly Brewing. I don't think I know who that is anymore. Yeah. No, I know they've had a lot of of changes, but that's good. You guys, this is, just to be clear, like, in the time that we sat down, we got here about 10, 15 minutes after they opened, and it is now packed to the gills. People standing, waiting. A lot of people with their loon wear on. Mm -hmm. They're going to the game. They're stopping here. They're going to get on the light rail, I would anticipate. It's important to know that the coach and the owners are here eating as well. Really? Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Bill McGuire is sitting there with the gray hair, and the coach is the guy with the scarf on the end. Yeah, they're all here. They're hanging out. Okay, so there's not many food writers that know the coaches of the local soccer team, lady. I'm impressed. Well, I did just hang out with him on Wednesday. Okay. So that's part of it. But I don't know. We'll see. So I'm glad soccer's in town. I'm glad Record Store Day is still a thing, and I hope that it goes strong. And you're going to Vegas to watch Game of Thrones. I am, and I'm going to eat... Uh, Hopefully. So I like. we like to go to Monami Gabby when we get there, which is a lettuce entertain you restaurant, which is not fancy, but you have to understand oh. my, my husband likes steak. Monami Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say Monami Gabby? Gabby. I was like, who's Gabby? He likes steak. He likes fries. And he has a wine allergy. It's a, so it's a classic place. Yeah. And he knows exactly what's in his food there. So he always yeah. likes that. 
then we'll probably I we had a great experience at this little place there that's locally owned last year called Flock and Fowl. So we may head back to there. Oh. This trip we're gonna head into the arts district. Oh fun. That's sort of new. It's past downtown. Okay. And it's sort of like their north loop, but it's full of artists. They've got a whole container shopping area that are in containers, so they're 10 by 10s. Oh, interesting. So yeah, we're going to do a little bit more of sort of the eclectic stuff. Good. This trip was literally booked in the middle of the snowstorm. My husband said, I have a lot of points. Let's, Let's get, get out, out, of, out here. of here. Can you get away? And I had the days set aside because we were going to go to the cabin. Yeah. It's too cold, too bitter, so yeah, we're going to Vegas. Good for you. It is popping out. I love that you guys do that. That's important. Yeah, you know. And Sun Country put uh, Surly back on their flights after taking, and they also have um, Fulton's Lonely Blonde yeah. and Sweet Child on the flights now, too. That's good. So yeah, I appreciate that they listened to the local people and brought the local beers back. Yeah. All right, so okay. you're going to have a good week. What are you doing this week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Working I'm just hard. food. I have to go through my Sunday where I take down everything and I forget everything, and then I can come back on Monday and know what I have to do. So next week we're going to be doing a podcast from the Women's Chef Conference from that Sunday morning with all the national women chefs and members of Women Chefs uh, coming. So that'll be fun. So we'll see you next week. Okay. Ciao, ciao.